speaker has been recorded at an online meeting of Addictive Eaters Anonymous. You can email us at contact at aeainfo.org. Hi, my name's Odell. I'm an Addictive Eater. I'm just going to read something from the big book. So this is page 24. When this sort of thinking is fully established in an individual with alcoholic tendencies, he has probably placed himself beyond human aid and unless locked up, may die or go permanently insane. These stark and ugly facts have been confirmed by legions of alcoholics throughout history. But for the grace of God, there would have been thousands more convincing demonstrations. So many want to stop, but cannot. Yeah, so um, I remember feeling like I crossed the line or realizing that I've crossed the line where I couldn't go back. I couldn't go back to being a normal eater if I ever was one, but I, I just remember waking up one morning, I was quite young, probably only about 16 and saying this to my mother that I realized that unless I have some real rules and structure around food, I, I can't live, you know, that I have to have something. I can't just wake up like a normal person and just be casual um, around my eating because there would just be no end. And um, I tried a lot of different tricks, different diets and different ways of eating that I won't put weight on, but I always had that craving. And um, I think it took me a while to realize that I'd lost the power of choice because I knew that I did realize that when I pick up the first one, when I would have something, for example, I'm on a diet and I had something that wasn't on my diet, I knew that I wouldn't be able to stop eating. I had that knowledge about myself. So, you know, I would always be quite strict with my plans and try and stick to them perfectly. But I didn't know that I was powerless. I thought that once I had the first one I was choosing to carry on eating because there's there's just no point um but when that happened again and again and I actually really 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 wanted to stop eating and wasn't able to stop that's when I realized that something was really wrong with my thinking because you know I I was a high achiever in other areas of life I managed to you know, put down other addictions, but there was just absolutely no logic when it came to my relationship with food. I knew how much my behavior was hurting me and however hard I tried, there was just nothing I could do. Um, so I can really relate to what it says about being beyond human aid and unless locked up may die or go permanently insane because all that stuff started going through my mind. Um, I did try and get help from human beings, but was unsuccessful to get 
even get anybody to understand what I was going through. And um, my fantasy was to be locked up in a mental institution where they would portion out my food and keep the kitchen locked. Um, and I felt like I was actually going insane, completely insane. And it was a lonely place because it was like, I was the only one who knew that I was going insane because on the outside, I managed to pedal along quite nicely with life. You know, I had these uh, labels, like I am a student at university. And I remember just thinking to myself, what a load of rubbish that is. Because if everybody in my life knew what I was up to at every point in time, <laughs> I wouldn't get away with it. You know, the the university that I was at, but then the I was doing the, the partying on the weekends and the drug taking. And then there was um, my family and this group of friends and that group of friends and the people I was living with. And I just thought if everybody actually knew what I was doing at all times, um, you know, it wouldn't look good. And nobody knew that was the thing. Nobody knew. Um, people didn't know about, you know, what I did with food because it was my secret. Um, and people didn't know about what I did with alcohol and drugs. And I think even I didn't know about that sometimes. <laughs> I was I was unaware that I was in a cycle of eating, drinking, drugging and attention seeking from men it was just like there was cigarettes there was chewing gum there was just anything I could put in my mouth anything that even had the slightest chance of making me feel okay I just grabbed onto it and squeezed all the energy out of it until there was nothing left and then I just didn't know what I was going to do and I'm so glad that um I found this program at that point or it found me um, because I would have died or gone permanently insane because I was already starting to think maybe I should take those drugs that I promised I was never ever going to take because maybe they'll help me lose weight and maybe they'll you know make me feel good um, so I had nothing left by the time I came across this program and um, I'd cut myself off from family and friends. Um, and I just knew my life was unmanageable. I just felt that I couldn't go on. And I turned up at a meeting and there was other people who I could identify with. You know, they talked about having the same behaviors with food, about just being completely and utterly obsessed, um, unable to leave it alone. And you know the behaviors that I was doing weren't foreign to them. I was putting food in the bin at night, promising not to eat it and taking it out again in the morning, eating until I felt sick, passed, passed out, and then would wake up and carry on eating. And um, when I saw the steps and saw the word, got in it and understood that it was a spiritual solution that's not what attracted me to the program what attracted me is that there was a solution there was 
people who were like me, who were free to walk around in the world, go about their business without food getting in the way, weighing them down and stopping their life in its tracks, basically. And I really, really wanted that. And at this point, I was willing to do anything. And it was actually such a relief because it was the first time that I've come across people who were willing to help me for nothing, first of all, but also they were able to give me clear directions about what I needed to do because I'd been for help before. I'd been to counsellors, I'd been to the nurse at university, but all they could ever do for me was listen or you know it was suggested to me once to try and cut down <laughs> or you know I got sent to a dietitian who told me what amount of food of which kinds of food I should be eating but as an addictive eater none of that was very practical for me because it wasn't that I didn't know what I should eat etc or that I should cut down I actually couldn't do it and um this is the first time where people were able to share from their own experience actual concrete actions that I can take to get well. And I was very surprised that I thought the first thing was going to be about food, you know, what do I need to do around my food? And, you know, it wasn't. It was suggested that I needed to get a sponsor and it was a while before my sponsor told me what I needed to do about food. And I'm glad for that now because I didn't know I was an addict. I didn't know I had other addictions I needed to put down. But I also needed to learn about surrender, about being willing to go to any lengths to get well. And it wasn't going to be me or the food plan that was going to get me well. Um, I needed a power greater than myself and I needed this program and the people in it. So um, it's a package deal. It needs to work all together. And um, I was just speaking to somebody on the phone today about this disease that doesn't have my best interests at heart because it lies to me and it tells me to eat and I'll feel better it tells me to turn to food and I'll feel better and actually there's all these other actions that I can take where I can feel better like pick up the phone and speak to another addictive eater or pick up the phone when answering a call to another addictive eater um, you know I can pray I can come to a meeting um, I can read the, the literature, I can read the big book, all these things make me feel better and they actually help me out of my difficulties, whereas food just covers it up and it, you know, it doesn't make anything go away. And um, yeah, I was thinking about how, you know, once now the food is in its place, the obsession and the craving for food has been lifted and it's my thinking. And in the same way, the disease can convince me 
to hold on to uh, resentment, for example, somehow it can fool me into thinking I'd feel better. And that's a complete lie. And when I see it for what it is, it just dissolves. Um, because it's all part of the same illness and it's like layers of an onion. I put the food down and then I can see other things. And then as I see through those things, there'll be some other things that pop up that I see, oh yeah, I need to deal with that. But all of, all of this allows me to live a life where I can be happy and free. That's what the program gives me and that's what God gives me. And um, yeah, the disease will always be there trying to hoodwink me into thinking that the things, you know, that there are other things that are going to give me that freedom and that it's the exact opposite. So I need to keep coming back. I need to keep in touch with people in the fellowship, the sober people. I need to keep reading the literature, turning up to meetings and maintaining a conscious contact with my higher and um, and I'm grateful for that because it's a good life and I'm just never on my own, which is a far cry from what I was like before where I remember living in a house with 10 people and just living, feeling so lonely that I left the house in the middle of the night just to go out in the streets to see if I could find some company. And, um, you know, today I'm fine whether I'm alone or whether I'm with other people. I lived on my own for five years and I loved it. And now I live with another person and I was quite scared about doing that. I thought, I don't think I can do that now. I think I'm past it. And, you know, this other person I live with is more than 20 years older than me. And, um, you know, the other day I came home and she wasn't here and I thought, I miss her. And before I went to sleep last night, she coughed and I thought, I hope she's okay. <laughs> and I thought, that's lovely. Because, you know, my head wants to convince me that, you know, I've also lost the ability to care about people. But, you know, that's not true. And this program gives me everything that I need. I'll leave it there. Thank you.